This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is February 1st, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLMS Media. Welcome to another Bruins feed here on CLNS Media. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. I'm going to warn you, I've been a bit under the weather all week. Uh, not a bit, a lot. But we're battling through. And, uh, we, we did the old, uh, we get the hot toddy, the Powerade, the OJ, uh, the three boxes of tissue, and uh, we are powering through whatever uh, this is that has crept into me and turned my week a bit upside down. Uh, and I apologize for my voice, but here we are on another edition of the Bruins Beat. Actually, January in the book since we didn't get to record earlier in the week. So we are now in February February as you listen to this. Uh, and we're really in what I like to call the dog days of winter for the hockey season. You know, we got the dog days of summer in the baseball season when you get into like late July and August uh, or even early July. Uh, this is now the dog days, and, and, and soon enough, I mean, you can even consider it the stretch run. With the way we have the parity in the standings, as we see right now, uh, with the standings, and of course the Bruins, uh, as I speak, are preparing to play the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, and as I record this, we're one point behind the Montreal Canadiens, who are idle, who were idle on Thursday, and won't play again until Saturday. Um, but they are in a tight race here. I mean, as I look at the standings right now, uh, you've got Buffalo three points back out of the final playoff spot, which is Columbus, and then the Bruins in the seventh spot, which could change very easily tonight, though they are playing an Enfuego Flyers team. Uh, and we'll get to the Flyers as it relates to the Bruins in a bit. And then you've got the Canadians uh, in the third slot in the Atlantic Division, the Maple Leafs in the – excuse me, second slot, and then, of course, the Tampa Bay Lightning at first. Uh, It's just, it's unreal right now what's going on. Of course, you also got to mention the Islanders are three up on the Penguins uh, in the Metro, as I say this, and the Penguins are tied with the Capitals. It's just, a lot can happen right now, folks. We're going into, I I won't even say, you know what, I'm going to take back my dog days comment. I'm going to say right now that this is the stretch run. The second half, the whole second half is the stretch run run, and shout out to the little radio show I used to host on ESPN New Hampshire, which Justin Sullivan and Pete Shepard call the stretch run, uh, but this is it's going to be a race and finish right now, and of course the trade deadline's coming up February 25th, we're going to get into that right now, actually, because I was hoping to have uh, Joe Haggerty of uh, NBC Sports Boston 
on to join him, my good friend and colleague, but uh, he's pretty tied up. We'll see if he calls in as a record as a record this, and we'll bring him on. If so, if not, though, we got plenty to do because you guys have been great. Follow me over at Murphy's Law seventy four and at Bruin CLNS, uh, sending in questions to our new. We're in the second week now of the Bruins Beat Inbox, and uh, I urge any company owners out there you want to get involved and sponsor this segment. I uh, would love to have you on board. Just uh, Shoot me a DM on Twitter there over at, at Murphy's Law 74 and I can get you the details. Um, and speaking of sponsors, uh, and I'll tell you what, we've seen, uh, what is it, a week and a half ago now, a week ago, uh, the Edmonton Oilers uh, fired their GM. Uh, and you know what? Peter Chiarelli, God bless him, he did, a, he did a great job. I don't care what people say. Was it a little iffy at the end, maybe, but you know what? When you grew up in Boston like me, all right, I was born in 74, and all you know is typically first, second-round exits with a couple nice runs in, you know, uh, 88, 90, and 92 uh, by the Bruins. And this guy comes in here, and he entices an Anil Char and Mark Savard to come play, and then goes out and gets Nathan Horton and Mark Recchi, uh, Dennis Seidenberg. Uh, and, and bring helps bring this city or helps orchestrate a team that brought this city their first cup in 39 years. Well, you know what? I think the haters should uh, basically shut up. That just spoiled Boston sports fans to me. We're so used to championships now in this city. We got the Patriots. Can't wait for that Super Bowl on Sunday. What's that? They're 12th now, and they're going for their sixth Super Bowl championship. You get the Red Sox who just won it again. They've won four. Uh, since 2004, uh, you know, and, and, of course, we had the Celtics win. They're perennial contenders. The Bruins, like I said, were, you know, I'm sorry, but this reeks of spoiled Boston fans not accepting anything less than a championship. And you know what? The guy did bring him again to another Stanley Cup. He did a good job here. Now, that being said, he shit the bed in Edmonton. He did horrible there, all right? And now he's out of a job there. And you know what? I don't know. I, I, I'm – Maybe maybe if I'm Peter Chiarelli right now, I mean, he's getting pretty shit on across the league right now, and his reputation isn't that great. But you know what? He could, if he wants, to maybe get into another field, or even maybe he wants to just put it out there as a GM or a scout or something. He should get on ZipRecruiter. And, and I'm telling you, for, for employers who want to find good employees, potentially good employees, you know, maybe, maybe you need a uh, – uh, a math guy, because Peter was pretty good. Oh, well, actually, he wasn't too great with the cap, right? But uh, but maybe you need a guy that's good at managing and a guy that knows how to win, because he did win the Stanley Cup. Um, and if you're an employer, you want that type of guy in your business, doesn't have to be hockey, you need to go to ZipRecruiter right now, all right? And I'm telling you why right now. I'm going to tell you about ZipRecruiter here, okay? You want to just, like, you want to look at it as a smart thing to do, okay? You go out there right now. Hiring with ZipRecruiter is the smart thing to do, okay? You know what's not smart, though? Job boards that send you candidates and aren't qualified for the role you posted. Job boards that send you a mile-high stack of resumes to sort through. Job boards that make you wait for the right people to apply for your job or to apply for a job. Job boards that just assume qualified candidates will see and apply your job posts. That's not how you do it. You go to ZipRecruiter. They're going to do this for you, okay? And you know what is smart? Like I said, you go right now to ZipRecruiter and you go and use our promo right now, okay? And I'm going to give you the link right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash Boston Beat. 
is how you want to hire your next hire. ZipRecruiter.com slash Boston Beat is where you go right now to hire the right person. All right? Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates for you. Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes to identify people with the right skills, education, and experience, and actively invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employees in the U.S. Its rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. I'm telling you, it's the smart thing to do. You go ZipRecruiter.com slash BostonBeat to hire the right person. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-O-S-T-O-N-B-E-A-T, BostonBeat. If you love this show, show your support. And go to ZipRecruiter right now and show them the support they deserve. And, again, it's ZipRecruiter.com slash Boston B. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, let's get into these questions, man. Man, we got a lot. I'm pretty psyched. I'm really impressed with, uh, you know, the reaction we've been getting to this, and I appreciate the interaction we're having on Twitter. It's been fun, and I like this. I like answering your questions. It creates banter. And it's good for a situation like this when I'm just winging it on my own, you know, and it gives me topics to bring up and discuss with you. So let's get right into it right now. And our first question, uh, he sent one in last week as well, so we, we appreciate you, Graham, for doing it again. It comes from at GSEIDL1990. That's G-S-E-I-D-E-L 1990. He says, if Bobby Orr was still playing on the Bruins right now, which line would he fit in with? Uh, I, I mean, I guess you mean D pairing, um, because obviously, yeah, I mean, it's forward lines. It, it's, I get you, Jeff. Do you mean D pairing? I mean, who wouldn't want to see Zanino Char and Bobby Orr in the same blue line? I don't know about you. And then I'd have I'd have Bobby and, say, Tory Krug on the PP. Who wouldn't want that? Uh, I think it would be unreal. Uh, what, a, what a compliment, though, Char and, and, and Bobby Orr would be with the way – or like to carry the puck up, Char would be perfect to drop back, create the physical presence, be the guy that's there in case the puck goes the other way, which it usually did with Bobby Orr. But I say you put Bobby Orr with the Daniel Char. Man, that would be something to admit. You know, I haven't played the uh, the NHL video games in a while, the EA Sports games. But, man, if there was a way to kind of set up a fantasy lineup and, and have Bobby Orr and Char playing together, that would be something. EA, don't steal my uh, – I'm copywriting that right now, EA, so you better not steal that. Uh, let's go to another question, uh, from at Shaner, that's S-H-A-N-E-R, 64105015. He asked me, who's the most likely trade target for the Bruins? You know, I mean, we're going to obviously hear the names, Tarasenko, Brandon Shen, we've reported, was one of their targets. Uh, obviously they're interested in Artemi Panarin, and that interest increased this past week with the news that Panarin told GM Yama in, in in Columbus that he's going to go to free agency, so if they can trade him, go ahead. Horrible news for Columbus, who's in the playoff race and really is having a great season. By the way, if, if based on what it is now, I mean, this could change, obviously, depending on what happens with Panarin and how that affects the team. If he sticks around, it, it's clearly going to be a distraction. Um, but up until this point, John Tortorella has to be in there in, you know, your coach of the year candidates for your Jack Adams award. Uh, he's got to be top three there right now. I mean, it, what he's done in Columbus has been amazing. Dealing with that, just because this isn't new news, really. This isn't breaking news. It was just reiterated, basically, by Panarin and his agent. But 
We've known all year that they wanted to go to free agency. I mean, Panarin went to, him, went to them and said, this is a list of teams if you want to try and work a deal out with. Okay, and I'm told the Bruins aren't on that list. All right? The Florida Panthers are, however, and that's a team I'd watch with Panarin. Uh, and Bobrovsky, the goalie that's free. But they knew beforehand. He came to this is a list of teams. He doesn't have no movement clause, but he says, if you want to work on a deal, will you get the best uh, return possible because I'll sign an extension with the team you trade me to. These are the teams I would potentially sign with. So I'm told the Bruins aren't on that list. So I don't know. I know the Bruins are still trying to get him. We're seeing what, the, what it's going to take, but. Um, I don't know how much that affects their chance of acquiring him. It's not like when they were on their list or they had a seat at the table with John Tavares at free agency. As of now, if, in terms of extension, they don't have a seat at the table uh, with Columbus. That could change depending on how the trade talks go. But as of now, if the Bruins were to do it, he would be a rental. So I wouldn't say he's necessarily the top target right now because he's going to cost, from what I'm told, all right, and this is from a source very close to the situation, I'm told that the starting point from the Bruins, okay, would be Jake DeBrusque, a top-end prospect that preferably is already playing on the roster or has experience, has been brought up for a few games, um, and a first-round pick. Now, there's been reports, McKenzie is saying, in general, he may, as a rental, he may be able, you may be able to get him a little cheaper than that. Uh, it might be a first, a second, and a, and a top-end prospect. The thing is, that's going to depend on each team, right? I mean, it, everything's relative to the team you're talking with. So as far as I know, that's what it costs with the Bruins. Now, would I do that for a rental? Hell no. Would I do that for an uh, extension? I would definitely seriously, seriously consider it. But as far as going back to the question, most likely trade target, there's a lot of them. I can't, I can't pin down one guy right now. But I still say Braden Chen is the guy they should get if he's available. Now, of course, St. Louis has climbed back in the playoff race. I don't know if he'll be available or if he is still. We'll see. Um, let's go right now to Et Ray Guarino. I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. It's G-U-A-R-I-N-O, Et Ray Guarino. Uh, do you think there's a schism, a schism? Yeah, schism. In the Bruins front office between Sweetie slash Scouts desire to draft and develop patiently, and Neely slash Jacobs desire to win now. Well, you know, let's relay back to the way I started the uh, the whole podcast talking about Peter Chiarelli. Um, I know for a fact there was a huge schism, a huge divide between Chiarelli and sort of his cohorts and Neely and Jacobs. And I'll tell you this, Sweeney was more in the middle, okay, and Sweeney, yes, is one of these pushes for development and patience and wanted a longer, we won't say rebuild. At the time, it looked like it was going to be a rebuild, but wanted a longer retool. A retool he still thinks should be going not just this year, but into next year and, and beyond maybe. All right? Whereas Neely and Jacobs, yeah, I mean, they're all about money. They're all about seats, you know, being filled and, marketing and, and winning now and, and staying relevant in, in the aforementioned sports market of Boston that's used to winning championships. So, yes, there is that divide there. I don't think it's as strong between Sweeney and Neely as it was between Chiarelli and Neely, who basically hated each other from what I'm told. Um, I also think that Jacobs has sort of taken a bit of a step back. I think he was getting a little too more involved. Uh, 
in the tail end of Chiarelli and the beginning of Sweeney. But I can tell you this. Sweeney and Chiarelli agreed on some development things as opposed to winning out. And some of those contracts that you saw Chiarelli at the end that saddled the Bruins because he, it appeared he was in win-now mode, that was put down from above. I can tell you that right now. However, thankfully, I don't think that's happening anymore. And I've got to give Cam Neely actually a lot of credit because from what I know of how he was when Chiarelli was here, um, versus what he is now and just sort of letting everybody do their job and also trying to learn from them so he can do his job better. I think Cam Neely's doing a great job right now. And he, I think, if anything, is serving um, not as an opponent of Sweeney. I think he's serving very much as a buffer between ownership and Sweeney and then the scouting department below. Uh, so I hope that answers your question there, Ray. Uh, let's go to, uh, oh, I love this guy. It was a good fall. We always banter together back and forth, and that's Matt Wilson. He's at Matt Framingham. He said, are the Bruins beginning to lose patience with Charlie McAvoy? Um, I don't think they're losing patience with McAvoy as much as they are with just his shitty luck with injuries. I mean, let's let's face it right now, man. This This, this guy seems to have a little cloud or a curse on him. And, and when it comes to concussions, which is his, his most recent, and I'm sure it's going to come back again, obviously, as we know from concussions, I mean, you can't say it's conditioning. I mean, how the hell are you conditioned for a concussion, right? Or to avoid a concussion, rather. I, I don't I don't think so. I, as far as I know, they're very high on McAvoy. And they've been asked for him in multiple trades, all right, where they've just said, hell no. And I, I've been told multiple times that he's not – on the table for any trades, and they want to sign him. Now, that being said, how does his injuries and his lack of games and production because of that affect his next contract, which is up after this year? And in the second-year contract, we know that, you know, these these young players have been getting a lot. I don't necessarily think he'll, he'll be able to get what another guy uh, with his skill set in his second contract, but that was healthier, got or will get. Uh, I think the injuries definitely, and I think, unfortunately, and it's, I mean, you can't blame them. That's just the way the business goes. The Bruins will use that. They will say, well, he hasn't stayed healthy. They won't necessarily blame him, but they'll, they'll say, we need a bigger sample size to know that he's worth six or seven million a year. Uh, I'm looking more in a range. He's five tops, maybe five, two, something like that. Could be lower. We'll see. Uh, but I don't think they're tired of him. I think they love Charlie McRoy. They see him as uh, as a guy for the future on the blue line. So I wouldn't worry about that. Uh, let's move along here. Uh, Screaming Skull Sports. Uh, at S-S-P-R-T-S. Uh, do you think the Bruins would be willing to part with DeBrusque. Well, that's that's going back to what we were talking about Panarin. He's the big one there, right? I mean, I'm sure maybe for Tarasenko, uh, the Blues bring him into the conversation as well. I would think the Blues want Trent Frederick being a St. Louis boy there. And um, I just I, – I think they could use him more. He'd be more marketable. Uh, but as far as, you know, the Blue Jackets or other big deals, yeah, I mean, they, he's going to be uh, asked about or wanted in return. At this point, I say no. Even if you get an extension, I don't know. If you get the extension, then obviously that changes things, but I still think they're very hesitant. Though, I should point out, I could be completely wrong, and maybe we got a hint to this before the break, 
when uh, on more than one occasion in the games uh, leading into the break, uh, DeBrusque's play was criticized and questioned by Bruce Cassidy. And one of the times it was criticized was when uh, DeBrusque paved the way uh, by going down in front and paying the price. He, he screened Carey Price on David Krejci's goal that tied the game to send that game into overtime, which the Bruins would lose. It was on a Monday night. I can't remember the exact date. Uh, I mean, they don't win that game without his dirty work down low. So I found it very awkward. And then we come to find out DeBrusque was injured, which Cassidy might have known already. So here he is calling him. I, I'm still going to watch that. So I don't know, you know, now that I think of it. You, you think about that. Was was Cassidy saying all that stuff to kind of lighten the blow because he knows how much DeBrusque is loved by the fans here and media and stuff? Is he trying to cushion the blow if they do trade him? Well, you know, he wasn't living up to expectations. That he said. That's an interesting situation to watch there. I'm going to get back to you on that question. Let's see uh, if he does it again in the next week or so, in the next 10 days as we get closer to the deadline, if Cassidy calls them out again, they might think, yeah, yeah, maybe they will. Maybe that's what they're trying to do there is pave the way for a trade, uh, PR-wise. We'll see. Uh, let's get into another question here. comes from one of my favorites there on Twitter. Uh, his name is at James underscore Oglesby. That's O-G-L-E-S-B-Y, 78. Jimmy, why is Heinen still, uh, still here? He does nothing good. Can't get a shot away, weak, and you don't notice him at all in the ice. Why is he here? Trade or send him to Providence? Seems B's prospects have lost all value at the big leagues. What do you think? Well, I'll, you know, I think that's a great question there. I think two questions. Um, yeah, I, I think that there's that group of prospects, or maybe even just two of them, where I look at and you can't, again, the guy's been played by injuries, but Andrews Bjork, and then Heinen, and maybe I'll put Donato in here, where – I think they all needed more seasoning down below. And I don't I don't know why Hein is still up here. I agree with you, James, and not just because your name is James. Uh, I agree with you. I mean, and I, I think that they're hoping he's going to blossom. Maybe they're trying to showcase him more. Maybe they're hoping he has a few – a stretch of good games here and they can trade him. I don't know. But I'm with you. I think he should be in Providence. Uh, I think there's some better prospects, as we learned, with Trent Frederick's arrival. What a great first game. This guy could be the guy, man. And I'll tell you right now, the Bruins almost had Ryan McDonough last year instead of Rick Nash to trade him, which I think would have obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, and no one knew Nash was going to retire. But even still, I still would have rather McDonough. And Sweeney, from what I'm told, said no uh, because he didn't want Trent Frederick in the deal. The Rangers wanted him, and they insisted on him, and he said no. So then it, the focus shifted to Nash. That's what I've been told. So that shows you how much he value him. A lot of people think he's up right now as a showcase. Maybe, but based on that, I think he's up now. This is their final shot. Who's going to finish that? Who's going to fill that third line center slot from within? Maybe they go out and get that via trade. I think the center is more important, by the way, than the scoring wing. Uh, but I know Sweeney loves him, so we'll see what happens with uh, – Frederick, but yeah, I agree with you. Heinen should be down below. All right, Mark Alder. I mean, this guy's the, this guy's the best, right? I like Mark Alder a lot. Uh, he's doing a great job with his uh, with his podcast there. 
you know, he's the black and gold pod. That's at black, capital B, and then black, capital N, capital G, gold, capital P, pod. Uh, and he hosts it with at Rob Forty Bruins and at Court Lawan. And he also writes for his site, blackandgoldhockey.com. This, this guy should be in the press box as far as I'm concerned. I, I think he does a great job, a lot of good insight, a lot of detail, a lot of research. Um, keep up the good work, Mark. And, yeah, I appreciate you sending in the question. It's at blackandgold277 is where you can find Mark on Twitter. Uh, and the B and the A and the G are capitalized. Do the Bruins – really have to be pressing into a trader should they stand firm and address needs during the offseason and attack a well-stocked free agent class this summer. Thanks and keep up the great work. Well, I'll tell you, Mark, what I think about this. I can totally see where you're coming from, but I can think I, I think they can do both. Okay? Um, and I, I, I do think they need another piece. If they want to make a run, they need something to sort of give them that extra oops, that extra push. Does that have to be a huge trade? No, I don't think so. But, and, and seriously, like I said, I think they need another center, period. And I think, you know, if you can get them now in the trade, do it. I don't necessarily want to go to the free agent market. I know it's stocked, and I think it's going to be great. But at the same time, that's when you can get bent over. Why not get a guy now in return? Like, wink, wink, Braden Shen, hello. I don't want really Wayne Simmons. Everyone's like, oh, he's a big, bad Bruin type. Yeah, whatever. I mean, he's, but he's on the wrong he's, – he's going to be past 30. He – I love his style, but he's a, he's an unrestricted free agent. I don't know if I want Panarin right now at that price. Can you sign him long term? Then fine. You're going to have to do some maneuvering, though, with the, with the cap. Um, but I understand what you're saying. Don't get pressured in the trade. And that, that's true. Uh, I, I think you obviously need to – Make sure you're making the right move and don't do it because Jimmy Murphy says it or Mark Aldridge says it or, or the media says it or the fans say it. Do it because it's what's right for your team. And if there's nothing that makes sense right now, then, yeah, stand for it. Don't just do something to do something. I'm with you on that. So we'll see what happens. And uh, thanks to you as well, Mark. Keep up the good work. Uh, next one. At I Love Connor G. Okay. And his name is Connor. Glad that you love yourself a lot, Connor. It's good. It's good to be that high yourself. Uh, but I, I like the question here. With obvious cap issues coming down the line on the back end, and I was just actually going to bring this up in the last question with Mark when I was saying they need to do cap maneuvering, coming down the line on the back end and Krug likely to be trading, where do you think he goes? Well, I, I do. I still stand by it. Again, I'm not saying they should trade Torrey Krug. I'm not saying he stinks. I'm not saying any of that. He's probably their best trade ship they have. That's how good he is. But they can't afford him when they sign McAvoy and all these other players that are coming up for second contracts. It's just not feasible. So where do I think he go? What do I think the Bruins get in return? Well, we know there's been talk with the Oilers for a fact. And it, and it started up again before Ciarelli got fired. Uh, so they're definitely a, p- a potential destination. Uh, I could see Calgary being interested in him. I could see his hometown team, the Detroit Red Wings, being very interested in him. And hello, what does anyone think of a Krug for Andreas Anastasio? What do you think of that? What do we think of that? Keep an eye on that. Not now, but maybe in the summer. But anyhow, yeah, I could see the Red Wings being interested. I could see uh, a team like Toronto, who, you know, the Bruins are never going to trade with them, but they'd be interested. Uh, what about Chicago? 
they're getting pretty old on the, on the back end. They could use uh, some life there and Krug's offense there. I could see them being a, a partner. And supposedly the Blackhawks and Bruins have been scouting each other a lot. I mean, I know I've seen the Blackhawks scouts there, but supposedly the Bruins have been at United Center or at other Blackhawks games, so maybe there's something there. There's a lot. Of, I, I think any team would be interested in Tory Krug, man. I'm sorry I can't give you a definite answer, but I'm telling you right now, teams that I think are definitely interested would be the Oilers, Red Wings, and let's say the Blackhawks. All right, let's go to another question here. Uh, it comes from at Dab Monty, okay, David Landry, at Dab Monty. Hey, Jimmy, I want your take on if you think it's necessary to trade the top prospect with NHL games in a first for Panarin, as you reported, for a rental. I know he's not the same rental-type player as Nass and will definitely help out, but this team looks at the long term. And in my opinion, I feel like next year will be their year considering the players come up. Great point. It kind of goes back to what – I, I, I've already explained what I think about the whole rental versus long-term with Panarin and how I would do it. But this kind of goes back to what Mark was saying. You know, you make a good point. Maybe the Bruins are still knocking on the door. I mean, let's face it. I don't see them beat, beating Tampa. All right? They face them in the first round. They're 1-0. The only teams I could see beating Tampa are like these, I get nothing to lose and I'm just lucky to be here, like the Canadians. I shouldn't see the Islanders because they're in first place. But teams that we didn't think would be there, that people are still going to disrespect. It happens sometimes with a favorite like Tampa. They could disrespect them and, and get upset in the first round. But after they're past the first round, Tampa's going to be tough to beat. I, I've got them going to a cup, but then I've got the Predators beating them. But uh, I'm with you. I, maybe this isn't the Bruins here. Maybe maybe go back to the, the aforementioned question about, you know, the division between management and ownership. And, yeah, maybe the Bruins got to keep the big picture in their focus there. I know you want to win now for Bergie and, and Chara and Rask and Krejci. I get that. And I think you got a great chance. And you want to keep up with the Joneses, uh, the Benjamins here, so to speak, in, uh, in Boston with all the championships being won. I get it. I definitely think you should try to win a championship, but you should sacrifice the future and, and deal a guy like DeBrusque unless you're certain you've got a legit chance. And right now, I'm sorry. I don't care if you bring in Panarin. I don't see you beating Tampa Bay. I just don't. That's my take there. So that's our final question here. And unfortunately, no Jack, Joe Haggerty. We'll get him next week for sure. But you know what? I enjoyed doing this. And uh, it was a little easier than bantering back and forth with Joe because I'm just not doing too well. I'm going to go back on the IR. Hopefully I'm off next week and I'm back at TD Garden covering some games. For CLNS and for you, our listeners and followers, again, the Bruins Beat Inbox. You can send questions to at Murphy's Law 74 or at Bruins CLNS. And, uh, look, we appreciate it, man. This has been great. I'm, I'm really – this has become maybe my favorite part of the podcast. Obviously, usually, yeah, this is fun. I like doing it. And, uh, you know, if you guys ever see me at a Bruins game, Come on up, talk some hockey, man. I love this. I love the banter. That's what we do here in the Bruins Beat and on CLNS. I'm Jimmy Murphy. We'll talk to you next My name is O, O, H to the O, B. I used to move snowflakes by the O, B. I guess even 